to these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In God's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and I'll take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. This is the word of God for the people of God. Uh, thanks be to God. And again, uh, good morning. It's great to welcome you uh, to worship. I'm glad uh, you're part of our experience this morning and uh, appreciate your, uh, your presence with us. Uh, a little girl uh, had a speaking part in a children's play at uh, church. Uh, the play was based on some of the stories from the Gospel of John, and she, she was ready. She was ready with her line uh, until she came out and saw the crowd, and she froze. Have you had that experience? She froze, and her mother was sitting on the front row, and her mother also became a little bit frantic too, and uh, mom tried to cue her by forming the words with her mouth, I am the light of the world. And, and finally, she whispered loudly, I am the light of the world. And oh, her child finally got it. Child grinned and took a deep breath and proclaimed her line, my mother is the light of the world. She spoke the truth. Mothers are important lights uh, of the world, and today we want to say happy Mother's Day uh, as we recognize not only our mothers, but all of the women uh, in our church family and beyond who serve in that role uh, in so many different ways. We do not say it often enough, uh, but we love you, and we're thankful for you, and we're grateful for your energy and compassion and the comfort uh, that you share. We also realize this can be a difficult day for some. Uh, Susan uh, expressed that very eloquently in her prayer this morning, but uh, they, they, this can also be a difficult day, and so our prayers go out to all who find this day uh, to be challenging. A church member shared a quotation with me this uh, past week. This is the first Mother's Day without his mom. And he, he offered this quotation which said, Mother is consolation in time of sorrow, hope in time of grieving, and power in moments of weakness. She is a source of compassion and forbearance and forgiveness. Those who lose their mothers lose a place where they can rest their heads, a hand that blesses, and eyes that watch over them. And so our prayers go out to all who find this to be a difficult day for whatever reason. We're also grateful for the part of mother's play in our faith journey. A well-respected preacher had four sons who all became preachers. Can you imagine what family gatherings must have been like? Who, who, who would be there to listen, I wonder? But uh, at a family reunion, a friend asked one of the sons this question, uh, which one of you is the greatest preacher? And he said, my mother. <laughs> Again, speaking the truth. We are in the midst of the season of Easter, and our current sermon series is called Recognizing Resurrection. So far, we have looked for signs of new life in, uh, even in our tears, in creation, despite our doubts, and in the voice of the shepherd. And today, we hear some of Jesus' most comforting words. The first uh, few verses of John 14 have brought peace and hope to people in a variety of situations especially when life gets tough. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. And, and the words are beautiful. 
and the reassuring. And so they're so beautiful that many families choose to, to have them read during the memorial services or funerals uh, for loved ones. And yet I think we've also got to be careful with passages like this one. Uh, like the Lord's Prayer and some of our, our table blessings, uh, the words can uh, just kind of roll out and, and not be all that meaningful because we've heard them so often. But I, but I suspect, I suspect that because of the pandemic and, and just life in general right now, maybe we are really ready uh, to hear these words again. And so the question I ask you this morning what troubles your heart? What troubles your heart? The, the context for Jesus' conversation is during the Last Supper. He offers words of comfort and assurance before his departure. His friends are bewildered. They are lost as he speaks about separation, preparation. And I wonder if we're experiencing similar feelings because of the pandemic. We have been separated from so much. And, you know, the, the, the losses continue and we continue to grieve. We're separated from family members and friends. So many have been separated from loved ones they have lost. We're separated from, from normal work and school and places of worship in those settings. We're separated from celebrations and, and graduations and holidays. We're separated from things we, we really enjoy, anything from, from March Madness, right, to the Derby, to, you know, just going out to eat to our favorite restaurants. We're separated from the normal routines and rhythms of our lives, and we will be separated from summer vacations and camps and and mission trips. And, and the hits, you know, the hits just keep on coming. I don't know if you noticed the news last week, but in, in one broadcast last week, after the great news about all the COVID-19 updates, we were bombarded with three more uh, frightening stories. <laughs> you know, murder hornets have come to America. Have you seen the story? Murder, murder hornets. And they look like something out of a Hunger Games movie. These big, big, scary bugs. Uh, and then the next story, in 50 years, global warming may make places where 3 billion people are now living on Earth uninhabitable. And my, I think about my grandsons who'll be 53 in 50 years. And then there's this new mutant strain of the COVID virus that's apparently evolving that's, that's even more hard to control. There is speculation that the virus will be the defining event for what will become called Generation C. COVID babies will be coronials or quarantines or baby Zoomers. So we continue to be challenged in new and difficult ways. And in the midst of all of that mess, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. And I think to myself, seriously? <laughs> really? Really? Can we find help 
with our separation anxiety and grief? Can we live with the assurance that we are not forgotten? Can we find comfort hoping that there is a place for us? For Bible study, sometimes I substitute words into the text to see if some new meaning or new images come to mind. And, uh, you know, I might insert my name to make the text become more personal. I might insert current names of uh, events or places uh, that are going on in the news into the text to make it more real and relevant. Or I might, uh, you know, consider other images for God as well. You know, sometimes our God language becomes fairly narrow and limited. We might get stuck in just addressing God as loving God or eternal God all the time. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just that we have a God who's this indescribably delicious and diverse God, a magnificent, multifaceted, marvelous maker of the heavens and the earth. And we have this God who's beyond words. I remember a study of the Psalms, uh, the group gathered together, scanned through all 150 Psalms and came up with 50 different images of God or 50 different ways to address God. It's a really helpful exercise. And so since it's Mother's Day, I, I, I'd like to try to experiment with today's text a little bit. Most of us, I think, grew up with the image of our father's house, Right? What, what would happen if we thought in terms of our mother's house? Now, be, before you get all wound up and accuse me of tampering with the Bible, just think about it a little bit here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot like you. I, I grew up with the image of a God who's like this grandfather in long white beard and white flowing robes and all of that stuff. Uh, in church, there was a dominance of male language for God. Jesus called God Father. Hey, it's good enough for Jesus, good enough for me, right? You know, but if we accept the premise of John 24 that God is, is spirit, does that spiritual nature transcend male or female or other kinds of labels that we have? Could it encompass both or, or all? You know, we don't have to go too far to find Beautiful alternative images for God. They're images of birth and, and creation and new life. They're images of comfort and nurture and care, like the, the hen who gathers her chicks under her wing, for instance. Could our understanding of God be enriched if we had a more holistic uh, uh, picture of a God who, who's a spirit with qualities like a father and mother and grandmother and grandfather, brother, sister, friend, counselor, shepherd, and so on. Let's get back to our passage now, and I invite you to listen closely. Maybe close your eyes if it will help. What comes to mind when I read the words in this way? Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my mother's house there are many dwelling places. Now, when I think in terms of my father's house, I, I carry around that familiar King James image of mansion. Uh, this vision of an impressive, stately white building, you know, it comes to mind with huge columns, circular drive, gorgeous gardens, flowing fountains, uh, acres of lush green grass, mostly an exterior picture. But when I think of my mother's house, my mind takes me on an inside tour of 
of rooms and beautiful furnishings. I enter the living room where everything is warm and cozy. I walk into the bedrooms that are comfortable. I, I walk into the kitchen where a meal is being prepared and I'm enveloped in this wonderful aroma of baked, baking bread. And when I think of my mother's house, it's mostly an interior picture. I don't know if that's been your experience as we think about this, but it, it's kind of curious to me. And I, I wonder why those different images come to my mind. It's probably the result of experiences with my own family, if I'm being honest. Uh, when I went to my parents' house, guess what dad showed me? <laughs> dad took me to the backyard as soon as he could. He showed me the garden. He showed me the new roof. He showed me the paint job. He showed me the tool shed, the new lawnmower you know, like the home improvement show, we were into more power and grunting and groaning and grease and grit and all that kind of stuff. But but mom, mom showed me the new bedspread where I'd be sleeping, the towels, the shower curtain, and then pretty quickly we got to the kitchen to get something to eat. I wonder if you've had similar experiences. When I talked about this with my wife, Ellen, she had an even more beautiful picture come to mind. When she thought about her mother's house, she said, I thought of my mother and her unconditional love. I, you know, I asked her, you know, didn't you think of the home where you grew up in Fort Worth, where you, know, you spent a majority of your life? And she said, no. No, I, I, I really thought of my mother's heart that there would always, always be a place in her heart for me no matter what I do. She said, for me, home is not the house. Home is where my mother is. It's a place where I know I will always be loved and accepted. And I thought, wow. <laughs> wow, you know, I should have had Ellen preach today. <laughs> You know, it's a, it's a wonderful image. And it's actually much closer to the biblical translation and meaning in the passage than some of the words that we use. Most of us grew up with the idea of the King James Mansion, but that falls a little bit short. The Greek word is moni, which carries more of a meaning of, of abiding places or dwelling places. And so there are many abiding places for God's children. God's house is not a literal building. It's the very heart of God. Someone once said to Harry Truman's mother, Mrs. Truman, you must be very proud of your son, that one of yours in the White House. And she said, yes, I am, but I have another son down the road, and I'm just as proud of him. In God, we have one who is proud of all of us, whose arms are open longing to embrace us, whose heart is open to all of us. And that's good news. A three-year-old climbed into his mother's lap one day, and uh, he began to put his hand on her face, and, and he touched his mother's nose, and he said, I love your nose, Mommy. And then he went through the list, grabbed her ear, I, I love your ear, Mommy. I love your mouth, Mommy. I love your cheeks, Mommy. You know, all the way down through. And, and finally he paused and, and he said, 
<clears throat> Mommy, show me your heart. And her, his mother thought for a moment and said, Honey, look, look into my eyes and tell me what you see. Look way, way down deep. And he got real close, just nose to nose, face to face, eyes to eyes, and he looked down deep, and, and he finally saw his own reflection in his mother's eyes. And he, and he got excited, excited, and he said, you know, Mommy, I, I can see way down deep, and what I see is me. I, I think that's the kind of love for which every child hungers. That's kind of the kind of love for which we all hunger. In our mother's house, there's a God who, who loves us like that, even in troubling times. Even in times like these, there is a God who, who loves us like that, who says to us, do not let your hearts be troubled. You, you are the apple of God's eye, and God's heart is your home.